Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Blacksmith's Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. And like Mo, full furnace, we here, you know. But the maddest thing is we didn't do a sound check. We I sound not. checked. I sound checked. With who? How can you sound check on your own? Look, look, I've got the thing. I know what I'm looking at now. Look for the minus 12. Minus 12. Minus 12. Yes. Yeah, with who? I got the power. I got the power. I got the technology. He sounded so disgusted. <laughs> Peter doesn't rate you. <laughs> I'm learning. I learn. I learn as I go. And I know how to sound check the thing. Like, I sound check. <laughs> <laughs> you know what cool? Peter, be a heel. Be a heel. Uh, are we are we gonna sound check or are we just gonna continue? I think it sounds all right. Everyone sounds so sounds yeah. good. So I know fun. I tend to keep the the thing the, the settings exactly the same. The same. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So you know, I've been thinking hmm. for like the past two minutes. Yeah. Why does everyone feel like they need to say that wrestling is fake when literally ninety nine percent of television is fake? That's a fair point. I don't know. Literally every martial arts movie you watch is fake. Every comedy, every movie you watch, it's people simulating real life, and yet it's it's only wrestling. Well, that's because wrestling. No, that's because I think wrestling. It quickly you have to know the distinction between sports and sports entertainment, and so wrestling presents as a sport where you know you would think if it's just a sport, then you know you can't you don't script sports. And yet wrestling is scripted. So I think that's why it's, I think that's why it's inherent that people will point out that it's fake because it presents as though it's a contest of physicality when it really isn't. So did The Gladiator. So did yeah, but, every other movie. But you don't but, say, oh, look, that's fake. Yeah, you just take it for what it is. You just said why, because those are movies and they don't present as sports. No, they're, they're, they're presenting as a story and wrestling is a story. <laughs> A story. Yeah, I think with wrestling, there's a lot of hype around it. Like, there's a lot of hype around it. Um, Mandem flinging chairs, getting swung into, into, like, tables and stuff like that. And I think that, like, if that was real, that would be a madness. So I, 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 I almost feel like the production value that comes alongside of wrestling, people need to emphasize that this is fake. Do not try this at home. Because it's, it's almost fake, it's scripted. Because like they're still doing the flips and the slams and everything. Oh yeah, no, that's that's fair. The physicality, the what they're doing, you know, that's yeah. all, of course, that's you you don't just do that. Um, but the results are always scripted. The, the, it, it's not necessarily a contest of two individuals or a tag team of individuals or whatever. It's not the world champion isn't necessarily the best. 
the world champion is whoever the script has decided is yeah going to be the, the champion then and, and i think that's why it's distinctive no it gets a bad rap when it shouldn't anyway shout out to all the wrestlers out wrestling fans out there i want to be a wrestler one time you know I think everybody wanted to be a wrestler at some point. Yeah, but I didn't grow. But you didn't grow. Yeah. If you want to be like a top wrestler, you have to be at least, what, like 6'3", 6'4", if you want to be respected. Not necessarily. Rey Mysterio is not that that tall. Yeah, but Rey Mysterio's got a niche. He's like a luchador Mexican wrestler. The Hardy Hardy brothers weren't that tall. I'm obviously showing my my age here. A little bit. With, with the with the references I'm making, I'm not talking about Roman Reigns. He's relatively recent, isn't he? Yeah, shout out to Roman Reigns, the tribal chief. Acknowledge him. I only know him because of Fast and Furious. Mm. Fam, wrestling, yeah. So uh, I only know The Rock, Triple H, Undertaker, um, Hulk Hogan, and them man there. Hulk Hogan. Anyway, we're done. Um, Latest racist ever. Fam. I think. I think I'm in hot seat this week. I think it's okay. me. Is it you? No, 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 no. It's it's uh it's Rob. Yeah, because it was yes, me okay. last week. It was you the week prior. Um, cool. Should I go first? You can. Yep. Robert, Peter. I had a question, and I, I just I just decided to change it because it's you. Um, <laughs> but no, it's it's still going to be I think interesting anyway. So when we say. We want to give God all the glory. We want to do all this. And then someone says, we want to bless the Lord. What does that mean? What does it mean to bless the Lord? Mm. Um, Obviously, we know it is biblical. Um, David says it in one of his Psalms. So, what, what does that mean? To be honest, I've never thought about it. Um, so I, I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> Straight. Fair point. Fair point. I'm not even gonna tr- like yeah, this like this is one thing that I don't I don't think even I could waffle <laughs> through an answer of right now. Mo, what do you think? I think um I'm gonna waffle. Um I think to bless the Lord is 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 almost if when someone blesses you, it's like they're offering you something. So when God blesses you, he's offering you good things. He's offering you something that is of value. Um, He may bless you with his presence. He may bless you with money. He may bless you with something. And I think blessing the Lord is almost providing an offering. Um, um, And I I think it's, it's not so much like a sacrificial offering or anything like that that has been like regulated but it's almost like an overflow of appreciation and you're like god i'm just gonna give this to you as a as a, as a blessing or as an offering um so yeah, I, I, would, I don't know if i'll make a distinction between an offering and a blessing but i do see a blessing i would assume a blessing is almost like an overflow of appreciation and so you're like god i'm just going to offer this up as a blessing whether it's praise whether it's whatever um, offering that up as, as a blessing unto the Lord uh, is what is how I've almost understood it. In um, that case, wouldn't you say that the word bless is a bit strong when it comes to like us to God? Because it's not like anything we give to God is like God will be like, whoa, it's amazing, you know. Mm. But but like in the reverse, when God blesses us, it's always great. Like there's nothing that we can give to God that God will say, wow, this is great, because <laughs> God has everything. And and likewise, I think 
when a child takes stuff that you have already given them and then they make something for you and as much as it's like it's just they've just scribbled on a piece of paper or whatever and in in like in reality is not worth anything sentimentally there's value to it and there's this sense of like you have poured in your affection for me into this thing and you're giving it to me but you never say that that they've blessed you with it though no, you, you wouldn't say they've blessed you with it, but I think there, there's there's a similarity in that. Yes, we recognise that everything that we have has been given to us, um, but there's there's something about this. Um, like we only love God because He first loved us, and so that doesn't stop us from loving God, even though our love for Him is is like only triggered because of his love for us and his love for us then gives us almost language and and the capacity to be able to love him is that reciprocal nature in that what he has given us we're using the very same to bless him or very same to appreciate him and that's that's how i see it so if my child was to do something i'll see as what i have provided they have taken and repackaged to to show their appreciation towards me and it doesn't trivialize it it just repackages it and I still see it as, yo, like you've you've showed your appreciation for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you got any ideas, Peter. Yeah, Peter, what do you think? Yeah, so for me, it almost initially felt like a um, somewhat of a, an oxymoron, almost because, as um, as Mo you mentioned, you know, what came to mind was the idea of a kid giving something to a their parent, which is obviously always going to be maybe you have less financial significant, you know, it's going to carry more sentimental value than anything. Yeah. But then there was also the idea of Lord and how Lord in and of itself as, as, a, as a term for someone almost introduces a distance between yourself and whoever the Lord is. And so it, it struck me a little bit in that it was a combination of these two things, the majesty of who God is and the, um, the the seemingly contradictory relationship that he seeks with us that draws us in enough to call him other. So that's what it sort of hit me with. It. It's it's just that it's given, it, it's trying to give something to God that he'd appreciate and all that is, you know, trying to overwhelmingly express our, joy or our gratitude or our reverence and yet it's also still recognizing that he is lord and he's not just you know he's not just he's not just our earthly father who we can see and who we can touch he is lord of the universe sort of thing that was just it it struck me there as a sort of um oxymoronic almost and I would agree. I would agree that it's <clears throat> even with with kids. It's not not to the same degree. Not to the same degree, but there's definitely this sense of like, yo, I I bought that I bought that paper. Like mm. everything that you can give to me is only by virtue of what I have given to you. Mm. Um, so even when like Leia's trying to buy me a present, she's like, Dad, I want to buy you that. Can you go pay for it? 
<laughs> like literally, we go to the shop and it's like, Dad, I want to buy you this this dessert. I'm mm. gonna add it to the thing so you can pay for it, but it's my present to you, even though you're paying for it. Um, and I still see it as even though I am paying for it as a gesture from her. Mm. Yeah. No, cool, cool. I appreciate your honesty, Robert. Thanks. All right, so my question. Yes. Is what has been the hardest lesson transitioning into the season of your life? Transitioning to what season of my life? Good question. This season of your life. If you want to say the season, you can. I'm just saying this season of your life. Um, I would say... The, uh, the weight of the responsibility that's coming. Mm. Um, you know, it's like, <laughs> it sounds a bit wild, like, yeah, but like, you know how sometimes you just won't take um, your walk as seriously. Like, oh, you know, there's, there's always tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I can read my mind tomorrow. I can pray tomorrow. <laughs> but then when you've got like someone else who is going to be like, depend on you it's like it makes you see yourself a bit straighter and be like um oh i know i should be doing this for me anyway but if i'm not doing this for me i have to at least do this for this person who's putting their trust and trust and faith in me to be a covering over them um but then when i think like that it's like but if i'm doing it for them why can't I just do it out of the abundance of my heart for me and just because of who God is? If that makes sense? Mm. Mm-hmm. It's like I can I can force myself to not be as lazy when I'm thinking about someone else. But you know, I just instinctively do it because of who because of how much I know God has given me. Mm. Yeah. So I'd be bad with that sometimes. <laughs> So essentially it's the, um, the motivation for improvement or the motivation for being right. Yeah. Not, not necessarily being because of the situation, but just because of who God is. Yeah. And there's a tension between that. Yeah. It's kind of like um, that verse where Paul's like, uh, let me run the race well so that at the end, like I myself can get a crown as well. Mm. Like that kind of idea. Like you can help everyone else get a crown, but then <laughs> what happens if you don't go get it? Mm. Get one for yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, that. that's my answer. Dope. That's fair. That's a good answer. And I think not not necessarily that you're asking the question, but I think sometimes sometimes you just have to take it where you get it. And so, as you said, you know, you can sometimes go down the rabbit hole of why can't I just be better for me or be better for who I know God to be? Yeah. And it's like, I think in part, that's the depravity of man. That's just us. Um, I, I guess not, not hating ourselves, but us not, um, not being perfect. Yeah. And so if there is motivation elsewhere, it's like, well, thank God there's motivation elsewhere. If that makes sense. Mm. And just for that motivation, that's cool. That's good enough. You know, sometimes I think that's that is good enough. And so, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And also, I think the situation, the reality is, this is very much a part of who you are now. Mm. 
And so even in even in doing it for X or doing it for this reason or whatever, this this is a situation that you are like you're in now. And this is a part of the expression of who you are. And so even if that is, is the motivation, it's still kind of keeping you in that space. Um, so not necessarily seeing it as a negative, but almost seeing, recognizing the weight of responsibility. And it, it is a real weight of responsibility, mm. um, even in terms of like fatherhood and stuff. Like sometimes I don't, I don't want to do X, but I'm like, yo, the kids are watching me. And so I need to ensure that I am giving them a consistent message. Um, so I should do it. Um, yeah. Cool. Check me out being responsible adult. <laughs> Fam, your, your statement was that you're not being a responsible adult. No, I'm not being a responsible adult when it comes to myself. When it comes to other people, I can be a responsible adult. Mm. But if it was just leave, left me by myself, I'd be living in squalor. <laughs> I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't. I probably might. Because, like, you know, right now my bedroom is it's like a bomb went off in there. <laughs> That's mad. And I know I'm not going to tie you up for at least three days. <laughs> for at least three days, you know. Oh. Anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about Dave Chappelle. Hey, yeah, let's, let's. Have you guys seen this new special? I haven't. I've seen really, the first like 10 minutes. <laughs> I really wanted to, but I haven't. Yeah. So, David Chappelle's got um, a new special out. Camera Closer. The Closer. The Closer. Mm. Yeah. Um, he said that this will be his last special for a while. Mm. Um, it, was, it was good. It wasn't as like ratchet funny as, as, as like his old stuff. Well, you know, I feel like I should come along in his. In I think his. since equanimity or something, yeah, it hasn't been like just jokes. Like he's been saying something. Yeah, he's yeah. a lot more cerebral with his stuff. Mm, mm. Like still outrageous, but it's it's more like intellectual. Yeah. And of course, what happened? What was always going to happen happened. People going about calling him transphobic, calling him this, calling him that. I don't think most of these people actually listen to the special. <laughs> if they, no, no. <laughs> they wouldn't be saying this. Um, Some people just just wake up just like, what can I be offended at? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I was even, like, literally, what, what was I reading today? Oh, so they... The, the final smash character, the final smash character came out, Sora from Kingdom Hearts. And there were, comp- there were people complaining that they should make him a black character. <laughs> um, and all of this. And so, yeah, anyway, so, so, so I watched the special. I've seen the people being angry at Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle not caring. Yeah. And then, I don't know, for some reason, it made me think about. Um, let me think about a couple of things. I think I want to first talk about um, emotional intelligence. Mm. And firstly, what would you guys describe emotional intelligence for yourself? 
So I think emotional intelligence, um, the way that I've almost wraps my head around it, and this answer may swell, but um, it's an awareness, um, an, an intimate awareness of your, uh, an awareness of your emotional state of being, and not just an awareness of I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm hungry, I'm this, I'm that, but being able to trace it back to be like, I am feeling frustrated because of this, this was the trigger, blah, blah, blah. And, and so it's not just, not just um, intellectualizing it, but understanding it. And then, not, and then being able to cope with, like growing in intellectual, um, emotional intelligence allows you to almost like cope with, with those emotions and find different outlets and not be ruled by those emotions and stuff. So it's understanding your emotional landscape and having the language and the ability to be able to navigate that. Mm. Mm. yeah i think I, I yeah i've never thought about it before but when you when you initially asked the first thing that came to mind was it was being aware of what affects your emotional state and how it affects it um and that what to me that that was the first thing that came to mind is yeah is that sort of being aware of what affects your emotional state um because your emotional state you are I guess, yeah, I guess you can be frustrated and not know and think that you're just angry or mm. you're just hungry or whatever. But also I think it's knowing what will affect you and how it does. Um, yeah. Mm. What about you, um, Robert? <laughs> I don't have a serious answer. <laughs> like, wow, what is it? <laughs> Yeah. It's I feel like this term came around as a way for like women to say that they're better than men. <laughs> oh gosh. Because like honestly, don't do the, the only time um I, I hear the phrase used is by women when they're talking about men saying that they have low emotional intelligence. And it's and it feels like it's become one of those like just like hit catchphrases mm. and i would argue that men actually have higher emotional intelligence than women at least when it comes to women you're gonna have to elaborate that. <laughs> because i don't think that you can have <laughs> yeah pick, pick your pick your words bro pick your words bro okay so I think that there is a type of emotional intelligence that men have that aside the women, which allows men to manipulate women's emotions the way they do. So basically you're calling men narcissists. No, no, no. I'm saying that men have an innate understanding about how to manipulate women's emotions to get what they want to get out of women. And and it <laughs> there doesn't seem to be anything that women could do to stop this happening <laughs> a lot of the time. Because I don't know if I don't know if manipulation is a trait of having a high emotional intelligence. Um, it, it's I I think it's more so because it's it's you're just being a decent you know a less than decent person yeah. Uh, and and you yourself and that, and you say that but then you might have a lot of abusive people who 
who are mostly guilty of the things that you're talking about a lot of abusive people might not even understand why they feel the way they feel and why, why they do the things they do so no, well, I don't know if that's indicative of uh, greater intelligence well, I say intelligence in terms of they know what they want to get they know yeah, what they, need they know to what they want to get. get they know how to get what they want to get and that takes it and it's not like they're just like it'll be different if they were just forcing like forcing like overpowering the person yeah. to get what they want yeah yeah but, yeah so it's not it's not like a physical situation but they're, yeah. they're using again the emotional landscape like this person's emotional state of being <laughs> to willingly yeah do what they want them to do so but some I, yeah. women do that to men as well. Oh, when women do it more than men do. Actually, when, so when if women, women do it more than men do, does that no, then counteract your point? Men and women do it in but in different ways. Men do men, men and women do it in different ways. They both know that, that they're doing it, but neither will say that they're doing it because if you say you're doing it, then you should bad person. Even though it's the game, it's life, that's what we do. Not what we do. It's a bad thing to do. Uh, not always. If you're manipulating something to someone to get what you want from them, regardless of whether or not it would be what they'd want to give you normally, yeah, it's a bad thing. Especially in the context within which you're saying it. Because we, oh, we yeah, all the, understand the, the context saying which I'm saying it. <laughs> But there might be some sometimes when the emotional manipulation is for the greater good. But we're not going to have that conversation. Nope. <laughs> yeah, so anyway. Um, yeah, so I was thinking about emotional intelligence and thinking about all these people who um, are angry at Dave Chappelle. And mm. yeah, it, it just doesn't feel like they are trying to hear where he's coming from and hear, and they, it, it just feels like they are attack, attack, attack. Um, we're still very much in cancel culture so I, I don't well I guess it is it is a question of emotional intelligence but it's also a question of the culture we're in and the um, what society has become which is everyone needs to agree with this particular viewpoint especially on these particular protected groups and he makes the point as I said I want to watch 10 minutes of it but he makes the point that you know, people are more upset about um, <laughs> with the, the baby thing, <laughs> the, the baby uh, illustration. You know, you can kill a black man, but don't say anything offensive to this particular group. No, but what think, do you say? What do which group was he talking about? Oh, he was talking about the LGBTQ plus community, and oh, well. he. I I went to look at the comments that he made. And again, this doesn't even seem like something too crazy to say. No, I, it's, it obviously was crazy, but it doesn't seem like something too crazy to say for him and for the context within which you were saying it, a concert. And so it's like people call them sheep, call them mindless bots, whatever. But society now, you don't dare say anything wrong against this particular group of people. The actor that played um uh superman in lois and clark dean kane yeah he yeah, came out that, yeah. yeah he came out to say it wasn't necessarily bold and brave 
to make um, John Kent gay for no apparent reason. Oh yeah, um, yeah. so for those who know, they did no, they, they made Superman's son bisexual. Oh yeah, sorry, bisexual. Yeah, but the, but that just means gay. I mean, that basically means gay. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll never have a female relationship again. <laughs> so the current Superman in the comics, John Kent's Clark Kent's son, just came out as bisexual. I think on coming out day as well. Yeah, and and like Dean Cain was like a month after um, Tim Drake came out as bisexual. Yeah, yeah, and um, and yeah. So he was saying, yeah, he didn't think it was bold and brave. What would be bold and brave would be to tackle, you know, um, things like uh, women not being allowed to vote in Pakistan or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's a fair point. <laughs> but he's get he's going to get backlash for that because you don't say anything wrong against this particular group, yeah. and it's. It, it, it's not necessarily a matter of whether or not they are actually upset about it. I think to some extent, it's just where society is now. Mm. You don't say something against this group, that group, and this group, because that's what we as a society have decided is virtuous and is progressive and is right. And so anyone that goes against that in any capacity is wrong. If Chappelle was saying, He's not transphobic. He respects them. He was even joking. He's jealous of them, making that point about how you say something bad about them, you get you get backlash. You kill a black man, you go scot free. So it's like, yeah, I, I I don't know if it's emotional intelligence per se. I think it's just it's just a wave. It's just the 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 current momentum of society carrying people along that just think, oh, I need to be. I need to be outraged at this in order to be virtuous and in order to be right as is perceived by the society I'm in now. So you feel like this whole thing of council culture is eroding emotional intelligence or do you think that it's just not allowing people to develop emotional intelligence? As, as with anything where there's mob, a sort of mob mentality, I think, Yes, it's, it's reducing people's emotional intelligence because if by most definition, emotional intelligence is understanding your emotional state, um, and if my definition in addition to that is understanding what affects your emotional state, then just by being swept alone by the culture of society, you are always finding yourselves responding to certain things, not necessarily by how you personally feel about it, but by how society has sort of made you feel about it then yeah, yeah i think you are you are reducing your understanding of your your emotional or your emotional intelligence yeah i, th- I think as well there's this there's this reality of um <clears throat> one of the major drawbacks of social media has been everyone can spew their unprocessed emotions out they they don't they, you could just rage type ah, i'm angry this happened and i'm angry um, and I, I think there's there's room to rant, there's room to to vent, but then that almost becomes <clears throat> the major sway, the major voice that then determines whatever happens. I'm angry. Some someone needs to pay. Boom, this is happening. Um, but actual emotional intelligence invites dialogue invites conversation, invites an interrogation that recognizes the emotion, recognizes what triggers it, recognizes why this is a trigger, but also encourages conversation to actually navigate this thing. So 
the conversation may be um you you've done x and it's triggering blah 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 so we need to almost separate for me to be able to get into a better mind state and stuff like that but there's also an element of conversation where it's why do you think this is acceptable why do you think this is healthy and engaging in a dialogue where you actually listen um because e- even just normal intelligence happens like that when we look at how jesus discipled and how the jewish people the rabbis discipled as well they invited dialogue they invited their their um their thoughts and ideas to be challenged and then they dialogued and even even like the philosophers and stuff like you would bring your and even science you will bring your hypothesis you bring your theory another person will kind of bring theirs and then whichever one the evidence kind of supports and stuff would end up winning and so it's there is dialogue but when there's, but on the emotional side, it just seems like whoever's emotions are shouting the loudest wins. And that isn't helpful because we don't then get to uncover what lies beneath the trauma, what lies beneath the sh- these triggers. How can we b- bring about healing? Now, it, it's, it's a mess because everyone is talking and you can't really have those conversations, but we don't even try to facilitate the spaces for these conversations. Um, and we just try to go on a, on a, we just jump down people's thoughts and it's just like, yeah, we're just going to cancel you without actually hearing what you're saying. We're hearing what, what we want to hear or what we thought we heard and just run, run in with that, um, which isn't always helpful. Yeah. And I think we've lost the art of agreeing to disagree. Facts. It's either you agree with me or you're, Racist or your sexist or your <laughs> yeah, transphobic. Yeah, just because you don't agree with me. Yeah, um, which is a bit mad. Do you feel like yeah. as Christians we should be trying to like push back on that? Push back on what? On agreeing to disagree? No, push back on falling in line because it's the um, it's the quote unquote what society has. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, um, and I think for the most part, at least, I can't, I can't speak for anyone, but at least for the Christians that I know, for the ones that um, I sort of follow, um, they're not, they're not trying to fit in. They're not trying to silence themselves to not offend. Um, and they're, they're more than willing to sort of give their opinion and be honest about it. And, and you, you talk about um, thinking, unfortunately, we are also seeing churches do just that, try to fall in line. Um, it was the Methodist church, isn't it, that um, agreed to blessing um, homosexual marriages in, in, in their churches. Yeah, I think so. And that's clearly, clearly what not what the Bible says. And for that reason, there's dissent even amongst them. However, at least there again, I think you can if you're if you're forced to look for a positive, you know, they they're demonstrating agreeing to disagree in that you not all um vicar, I don't know what the thing is then, but not all church leaders have to agree to it. And if you're the, I think they call it the freedom of conscience or something, if you're convicted against, then you don't have to bless in your church. They're sort of demonstrating that at the very least, but they're also trying to fall in line and be progressive which again is my sort of issue with the word 
yeah. it sounds positive, but it's actually in the Christian terms at least completely deviating from yeah. where God would want us to be. Yeah, it's yeah. So with being progressive, how do you feel like we make space for the Bible as we progress through time? And obviously the Bible tells the council stories from a certain culture, a certain yeah. space and time. Yeah. How, how, well, like, how do you personally find the way to like translate what the Bible has said back then with what's yeah. happening now? Yeah. You know, like, like a big example of people is our consistent on lawyers thing about women speaking in churches and mm-hmm. and that kind of thing yeah so for me it's it's a number of things i don't think i can give an exhaustive list of uh, an exhaustive list of all of them just just yet but sort of talking through it just briefly yet. sorry it's like uh, just yet just yet yeah no, give, give, me, me, a give me a couple years i think it's a few things and it all comes down to having a holistic view of the bible and so when I say that, I mean the Bible is presenting a God who is outside of time and perfect. So that God doesn't change. That God that the Bible presents, our God doesn't change. He is perfect. And so he's already at a different place. And yet he has chosen to interact with people. And through those interactions with people, he's given us a message about himself, about how he wants to relate to us, about how we should relate to each other. But if we are then seeing it as that, and we are not necessarily looking at the Bible as something that it's not, which I don't think it's a set of rules that are supposed to mold to society. I don't think it's a, it's a text that's supposed to evolve. I think it's a revelation. It's a, it's a message about a God, his relationship with people, how he wants to relate to those people and also how those people should relate to each other. And that's not exhaustive by any means. However, if you look at it like that, then it doesn't have to progress through time, if that makes sense. Because it's, it's, that's not the reason for which it was given that message, that image, that um, the, 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 the the, um, purpose for which it is given remains the same throughout time. And we, in our studying of it, in our relationship with that God, Maybe our expressions of things will change and we'll go on YouTube or we'll have podcasts um, or whatever. But the, 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 the defining line throughout will remain the same because our God, upon whom all these things are predicated, remains the same, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think there's, um, there's a phrase that I heard that I really like. <clears throat> And it relates to like how the Bible approaches the events that happen throughout human history. Um, And it it simply says that the Bible isn't concerned with the how, it's concerned with the who. Mm. So it isn't particularly concerned with how the earth was created, but rather who created the earth. Um, Isn't really concerned with how humans were formed and fashioned in as much as it gives details, but it's rather concerned with who fashioned humans and for mm. what purpose. Um, and so even when it comes to conduct, um, 
yes, the Bible does give some hows, like how we ought to live, live peaceably with one another, you ought to love one another, but it's more so concerned with who, it's more so concerned with who's, whom's, whose we are, whom's we are, whom, mm. who, like, yeah, <laughs> who and whose we are, yeah, yeah like, who we belong to, and how our lives reflect that, and it's, it's, it's such that, um, Paul can say to one person, um, just live a quiet life and say to another one, do the work of an evangelist or do the work that they have laid hands on you to do and re realise that this, this is nuanced and these group of people, all that's required of you is just to live a quiet life. And for you who has been given this special grace and this gifting, go and utilise this gifting to the fullness of its capacity. And so... Again, there's there's this, there very much is this sense of who as opposed to what. And as we focus on the who, the what becomes more clearer. But when we focus on the what, we muddy up the whole situation because we're now just concerned if you're not doing the what without actually realizing, questioning, are you getting to know the who? And it's the who shaping what you're doing. So I think the... Yeah, and and I've I've heard a lot of um, talk around dragging the Bible into the twenty first century or whatever. As Peter said, like God's word transcends time; God is eternal, and so His word transcends time. And so it's not so much about um, paraphrasing or walking around or this and that, but it, it very much is. The Bible says that God has given us everything we need to live a life of, of godliness and righteousness in the revelation of the person of Jesus. And so it's not so much trying to unpick the parts that we don't like, but it's rather wrestling with who Jesus is within our 21st century context. And then allowing that to then shape how we then live things out, as opposed to just being like, oh, yeah, no, Deuteronomy says... We should stone every every woman who isn't a virgin when they get married. That would be a madness. But it's so yeah, I think we've really lost this notion of the who because we're chasing the what. No, I also feel like if you are looking for a what, you know, Jesus said, love God and love your neighbors. And mm. I feel like if people were being very honest with themselves about what those two things meant, they wouldn't have as many questions about what's okay and what's not okay. Um, but yeah, but I feel that there's, there's not that honesty within people. Like, I don't think there are dramatic situations where, unless you're looking for a reason to deviate from it, if you put it through those two filters, I think nine, nine, nine times out of 10, you know what, the the good thing to do would be mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, more more often than not, I think. But again, it's I've I've heard people quote some wild things under the guise of love. Yeah, now, and, and, yeah, and again, that's why I say you have to be like honest about who you know, like who you know who God is. And what is meant by love? If yes. you're honest about those things, then you wouldn't dare be wild with, 
with how you're trying to wow. use them. Do you think we've lost the art of how to um, take a joke? No, no, I, I don't. I don't I don't think as a society we have. I think because a lot of these people aren't, you're not, in order to take a joke, you need to know that the person is joking, if that makes sense. You need to, <laughs> you, you need to approach it a certain way because you know what you're going in for. You're going to a comedy show, you know, that there's going to be comedy or you're having banter with a friend, you know, that there's, you know, you know what he means by it. I think a lot of the time the people that are offended aren't really there. They're, they're not. They're not, uh, not. Not to say they're not there. They're not really paying attention. They're 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 paying attention with an agenda. Yeah. You know they're, mm. they're coming there to be offended. They they're almost come like Pharisees where they're listening to find something. To find to something out. exactly. You know, half. Why? Why? Why would you? Why would you intentionally watch something that offends you or that? angers you like just on a, on a self-preservation tip like why you know if, if, if there's something on tv why do we pick certain channels i'm not going to watch i'm not going to take the, the remotes and then switch to coronation street i won't do it why would i do it does coronation so, street offend you no not offend me just i don't care <laughs> it doesn't do anything for me i was about to say what did coronation street do well, well this that's the thing i think that's why it's more of an extreme example is it doesn't do anything for me it doesn't offend me it doesn't entertain me it doesn't give me any joy it doesn't give me any sadness it, i don't care <laughs> and i would not go and do i wouldn't go out of my way to give time to something that i don't care about but what we are seeing is people coming to this they, they read the headline or they see something on social media they go and find a clip and they pay attention to it in order to be annoyed by it and then express their outrage afterwards. And so I think... Because everyone wants uh, to make a reaction video. Well, yeah, because everyone wants to feel righteous and everyone wants to feel virtuous in this society. And so everyone wants to feel a part of something. And I think that's almost also maybe evident of the fact or evidence of the fact that we're actually a lot more lonely than we care to admit. Oh, we, are you lonely, Peter? No, I'm not. And that's why I'm not watching Coronation Street. But the, <laughs> <laughs> there's, I, I think, I think those people coming to a Dave Chappelle thing, more often than not, are coming with an agenda. I doubt anyone, uh, again, I'm speaking in very, very, very wide stroking um, generalizations. I doubt anyone that's a Dave Chappelle fan switched it on to see what he's, you know, to see the special and then got surprised and then offended by something he said. Now that's a different thing. Because if you're being a, if you're if you're surprised by it and you're offended by it, then fair enough. You didn't expect it. And then it's like, well, can you not take a joke? And I think there's different because you were maybe you can't take a joke and then that's fine. But that's I don't think that's where society is now. I think society, especially those outraged, came to be outraged. And those that are watching and are fans, or maybe not even fans, but are just watching for the comedy and go, well, that's funny. And I see what you're saying. And that's the whole thing with comedians, isn't it? They're supposed to be able to take what everyone's thinking and say it, but then also cause people to think and be like, well, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I see where you're coming from. So do you think you'd be cool with a white person making a drink about slavery? Yeah. Well, when you say cool with it, yeah. 
if you're making a joke about it and you do it well, and that's the thing, you have to do it well, you know, otherwise it's not a, a badly executed joke could just be a statement. And if you're just making a statement about slavery and you're saying something wild, well, then again, if I know that you're that type of person, am I going to come to it anyway? Am I going to really pay attention to what Trump is saying now that what he says has very little effect on the world? No, because I don't care. And so if I'm going looking for it and he says something that's wild, then really whose fault is it that I'm getting triggered? Mine for going looking for it or his for being himself? Mine's for going to look for it. That's what I think. But I, yeah. I, don't think we've, I don't think we've lost the ability to take a joke. I think society just made it okay to be outraged at everything. So, yeah. I think we're losing the, the ability to take a joke. Um, like, Bernie Mac's Kings of Comedy will not get airtime. I think it depends on the channel. I think, I think in this era of like YouTube, it would like it's still on YouTube. It's still no, 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 no. I'm saying if you tried to put it on on YouTube today, no. But you see, here's the thing. Here's a question: Who would be? How would you be offended by it if you know what he's doing? Because all that Benny Mac is doing, especially like if I look at the milk and cookies joke, or the um. Uh, the milk and cookies one where his two-year-old is like uh, looking him up and down and he's like where I'm from that means you want to fight yeah. all right bust a move bust a move if you know what he's doing all he's doing is saying kids can be annoying and no, he's no, no, obviously... but he described the two-year-old yes, yeah, elder yeah, brother yeah, yeah and yeah, even yeah. from the way that he was walking and stuff and the, yeah. the, the roguish ways in which he yes. was commenting and stuff yeah, yeah. that that would get flagged up real quick it would get flagged up but again if you know what he's doing like how can you talk how can you take offense at what it's what what's what's offensive about saying that as a man who probably grew up in you know slightly harsher conditions in america a black guy where you've got to be a bit tough in order to get on and you're saying your kid who's a bit more privileged and is a young boy and is kowtowing to a, his younger sister is acting a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Save your chest, PR. Save your chest. Well, no, because I can't remember exactly what he said, but he's like, um, he said the f word. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, 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 what he's saying, what he's saying, is it really? I, I don't know. I, why would you be offensive? What What's offensive about it? Do you get what I mean? Other than he's making a caricature of his younger son and saying he wants him to be, to man up a bit more. Kevin Hart made the same similar joke, but not with the F word. Well, Kevin Hart's had his issues with the LGBTQ community as well. Um, but he made a similar joke, you know, as a unit, his family doesn't look put together because his daughter's getting balls thrown at her head, thinking that it's fun. His younger brother is getting pushed around by a girl, her older brother's getting pushed around by a girl or something. And it's like, Again, it's comedians taking making a caricature out of everyday situations that we all see, and you know, and 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 calling it out, call, calling out the fact that we want the younger the boy to be stronger because we understand society will demand that they are stronger later on. We want the uh, the little girl to not <laughs> to not be 
oh, apathy about milk and cookies because they're more important things in life. But they're children, and so it's understandable. I don't know. I just think I just think that it's if if you not not even if you know what they're doing, but if you don't have an agenda to be upset, it's hard to be upset at some of these things. Mm. Unless they're just bad jokes, which actually they're not. This is the mm. thing. They're not bad jokes. They're funny. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So who are you guys um comedy go to? Sorry? Who are you guys comedy go to? Dave Chappelle's always been good. Um Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart's first few specials. I feel like the one yeah, in the pandemic right. was the recent ones. So yeah. I feel like the pandemic was a work in progress that was released prematurely. Um, yeah. And then you've got, yeah, Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac set Kings of Comedy. That will always be a classic. Yeah, it's a classic. Always be a classic. That, whole, um, that whole DVD um, will always be a classic. Hamburg. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Murphy was good back in the day. Eddie Murphy was good. Eddie Murphy was good. Pat <laughs> Williams. Cat Williams crazy. old stuff, yeah. Again, yeah. Cat Williams old stuff was, was really was really funny. Um, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, I do. I did like a lot of um, Michael McIntyre stuff. Mm. Um, oh yeah, I, he, he's funny. Yeah, he's funny. Yeah, I, I found it. I found him more impressive than anything because he was able to really take mundane everyday things and make super jokes about those. So like run really into the train. Running to drink, like having a drawer full of screws. Everyone's got that a drawer full of random batteries and screwdrivers and coins and stuff. But yeah. How about you, Robert? Um, to be honest, I'm not like a big comedy fan. Like I watch Dave Chappelle um, whenever he does something. But apart from that, no one really is a new school. Like I watch stuff that's got dry humor in it, like QI. Okay. Yeah. But like they and they usually have like comedians on there and stuff. But it's it's very rare that actually all that digital they've got some good comedy stuff. Yeah, yeah, they some good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, back back when um, what's his name? Martin. Martin Lawrence. Yeah. I don't find Kevin Stage as funny. He's not as funny as he used to be. Uh, yeah, I, I don't find him funny. I don't find him funny. He's doing a big thing for the for the black community. Yeah, so. for the culture. Um, mock the week. That was good. Mock the week mock, was quite yeah, good. Mock, yeah. Mock the week did its thing. Oh, um, what's it? The the whose line is it anyway? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was good. I did like those like um celebrity roasts. Those could be funny at times. I didn't care for those. I didn't care for those. You know what? I've been, I've been um, watching. I've never actually sat down to watch a full thing, but just like the YouTube highlight reels and stuff of the Sidemen. Okay. With, with like KSI and them guys there. Um, I don't yeah. find them funny. Even yeah. do I? Like my mom watches them religiously. I'm like, bro. you know what? Do you know what? <laughs> I, I find them stupid, and I'm laughing at the stupidity. It's. It's nuts. It's just yeah, like, I've watched a few and it's just like, oh, you're just trying to be extra rude or you're just trying to be extra... It's, uh, it's the stupidity that I'm just like, yeah. okay. Yeah. And it's like the stupidity of youth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and the yeah. stupidity that money affords you. 
Yeah. It's yeah. not like stupidity, like, oh, what was it? Impractical Jokers. Like, that was Impractical Jokers was bad. No, Impractical Jokers was good. I it's really not stupidity like it. Jackass. Jackass was also very funny stupidity, I thought. Um, I, I never but, watched Jackass. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't vibe with Jackass, you know. Yeah. Jackass but, was just man them just trying to hurt themselves and getting paid for this it. That's why it was funny stupidity. <laughs> Yeah. All right, cool. Let's round up. I think we took actually no. Before we round up, everyone tell the best joke. Bear pressure. Either their best joke or the most offensive joke, whichever you're feeling more brave to do. <laughs> and if they get if they get edited, they get edited. <laughs> so or, maybe or maybe they would. Or maybe they would. Um, I heard this joke. I was mad. Um. So the BBC said that there's not enough black people on the TV. So they're going to start showing Crime Watch twice a week. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I, I can't think of one. A joke that I heard, what's the difference between a black man and a bitch? <laughs> a bitch can support a family. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> there's, there's a silly one that I heard, maybe to lighten things up a little bit. Um, why don't cows have toes? Why? Because they like toes. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, that's good. Jokes are funny. Jokes are should good keep, for the soul. Should I keep all of those in? Yeah. Andy. Before you get cancelled as well. Uh, all black. Oh, black, so it's okay. You know, I was going to ask something, but I, I, I'll ask it after we finish recording. <laughs> I don't want no joke. <laughs> but yeah, hookups, hookups. Hookups, cool. I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first. Go ahead. So my hookup is a restaurant called Bleaker. 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 B-L-E-E-K-E-R. Okay. They are a burger joint. And last year, they won the award for the best burger in the UK. Okay. And I went to go there a couple of weeks ago, and the burger was actually quite banging. Like, okay. I can see why they won the award for best burger. <laughs> that's, that's high praise. That is high praise. Yeah. Okay. Chips weren't bad either. So if you're going to go, I would say go and get, like, the double bacon burger with the house fries. Okay. Um. They've got a store in Spitalfields in Liverpool Street, but they do like delivery and them things. But I think it's best to have have it fresh when it's just been made. Mm. Yeah. And we've got like a little plaque. And they actually also do like DIY boxes. So like they give you all the parts and you can make your burger at home yourself. Oh, that. Yeah, but I don't know if you've got all the special um, machines they have to make it the best burger, but hopefully. You yeah. should go. You should go one day. You should. Go on there, yeah, cool. Um, uh, can I go next? Yeah, yeah, go for it. yeah. So, my hookup is a um, it's a YouTube channel. Uh, no, not a YouTube channel. Sorry, my hookup is a movie that's not out yet, but that I think it's gonna be fun just because of who's involved. Halle Berry, she directed the new. 
I think it's supposed to be Rocky, but with um, MMA, um, with the female MMA. Uh, it's called Bruised, so it's one to look out for. But I'm only excited because currently the most, one of the most dominant female fighters is in the movie. Um, and I think he's worth supporting, so go check it out, Bruised. I thought you were about be... to say you're excited because it's Halle Berry. No, I don't care about Halle Berry. Halle Berry's not that hot, you know. Maybe when she was younger. But... She had her time. She had her time. I mean, in the um, in the Batman movie when she was Catwoman and that, that was a madness. But yeah. Wait, she wasn't Batman. In, she wasn't Catwoman in the Batman movie. She was. No, she was. She was no, Catwoman. she was Catwoman. Catwoman, in Catwoman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, movie. in the own thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fam, that's how you know I weren't paying attention. No, it was her own. It was her <laughs> own movie. It was supposed to be like some Egyptian. I weren't paying attention to the film, fam. Rubbish, that's the rubbish. Again, I don't even know what the story lad was saying. <laughs> she had lots of cats, that's all I remember. Yeah, and yeah, like I remember that. Curse. And there was some curse. That. <laughs> um, apparently, good at basketball for some reason. My whole cup is gone. Let's pick a book from behind you. You know, like that, I might as well, fam. I might as well. Um, oh, yes, the C.S. Lewis, the Cosmic Trilogy. I think I've hooked this up before, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cosmic Trilogy. There's three okay. books, it's sick, absolutely yeah, sick. Okay. I might read it again. The pages have yellowed, I like it when the page is yellow. I wouldn't know what that's like anymore. I'm on Kindle. Oh, I love the smell of books. Oh, yeah. The pages of yellow, the cosmic trilogy. Get involved. Get into it. If you haven't watched Squid Game, get involved. I just finished watching the second episode. Right? I'm going to watch another episode. I'll do things recording. I need to watch. I'm going to watch, I think we're three episodes deep. Um, I watched the first one and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to watch this. And then Jim was like, okay, let's let's give it another go. Like, let's watch the second one. I watched the second one and I was like, yo. Would you take part? Would you take part? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not. not. I think Peter would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. (laughs) The the stakes are too high. Yeah. Like, it's win or die. Nah, No, no. It's it's win or die. And there's a chance that your, 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 your loved ones will get the money afterwards. Yeah. Or I, uh, if I die, if I die, and if the rest of them decide not to keep on playing. Yeah. No, those stakes are not in, I'm not comfortable <laughs> with those stakes at all. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be on it. Are you, are you watching it for you? Mm, I am. Yeah, I'm only, I'm, I think I'm, I'm, I'm due to watch my third one when I get a chance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not, yeah. It's, I mean, I don't get the, I don't get the point of it. I really don't like what's what, what's the point I think the thing I've noticed is that Korean I can see why Korean drama is such a big thing mm. because they're really good at storytelling yeah. they're really good at storytelling but but the thing and that's the thing I was like but what is the point of the story they're telling like it keeps you it keeps, find it keeps you engaged yeah uh, but it keeps you engaged like the way that they're telling the story keeps you engaged again but what, it's like yeah so I, I think I need to know the point of the story you're telling 
otherwise to me and, and what's the point of anything what's the point no, of but, any story but, okay but most most stories have a point like the three little pigs has a point like it's got a point the, what's the point the, of the three little pigs hard work like will keep you will keep you in doing doing like bad times and stuff like other two pigs would have got eaten no that's immoral that's not the point yeah. It is the point because it if, is if the point asking, of the story. If you're, asking, if you're asking the moral of Squid Game, it's what would you do to get out of debt? Because you look at all of them, there. Or what would you do to survive? What would you do to make? How money? far are you willing to go? How far? That's, nah. that's, that's a better way of putting it. Yeah, that's, I think I think that's a stretch. And but I, think, I, I, I hear think you. Though. That second episode really shows that actually. Yeah. You of, know, I loved how to. like. The, the way the game is set up is like when you try to go to the police, <laughs> the, the, the way you just, um, just describe it, yeah, no one's, no one's um, gonna believe that police officer sounded kinky when he called the number, bro. <laughs> I'm trying to play a game, like what are you trying to do? It's like what <laughs> he sounded kinky. Um, yeah. yeah, I just I just didn't. I, 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 just insane. I don't see the point. I'm still I still want to watch it. Yeah, no, I think they. I do still want to watch it. Yeah, but I'm I'm looking at them. It's like I don't. It's it's almost like eating junk food. Mm. I'm like I really shouldn't be doing this, but I still want to eat it. Um, and that's that's how I feel with with Squid Game. Um, you so know what? even I, in even in terms of like Shawshank Redemption, there's a point there. Like mo- most of the good films have got points to them. Yeah, but the difference is you. I mean, you finished Shaw- Shaw- Shawshank Redemption. I haven't finished this yet. Yes, I haven't finished this yet, so I may I may see a point at the end of it, or I may just finish it and realize that it was just junk food. I'll still be content because I'm going through it. Don't know why, but I feel like player number one is involved somehow in it, bro. Do you know what? I'm I've been seeing stuff about that. You know, I've been seeing no little hints no and spoilers. stuff. No spoilers. I've been no, no seeing spoilers. little hints about it, but. Yeah, I've been yeah. like intentionally just scrolling past those very quickly. Yeah, but he—he he, if he like the in the first episode, I'm like this guy is psychotic. Mandem are getting shot, and you're smiling <laughs> playing this game because he, because he's gonna die soon anyway. So it's like YOLO. I've got a tumor. Like things, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't think we actually rounded off the episode. We so, didn't. We didn't. <laughs> so, shout out to Rudy. What Squid Game? That's like it's, it's it's a bit bloody and a bit gory, but you know what's what the adults? age rating of Squid Game? Probably like fifteen. Check. Yeah. Yeah. What Squid Game? You know, what all adults we've seen blood before. If if, if a woman you see blood every month, you know, mud, <laughs> mud. Hey, I might, I might, I might be able to just get this thing, you know. What thing? The DIY kit. <laughs> <laughs> Squid Game is 15. Squid Game is 15. I really think that the, the, um, the first time you have it should be in person. And if you want to get a DIY kit afterwards, go for it. Yeah, but I'm hungry. <laughs> no, but I don't feel like you should have it fresh. Like oh, no, I can't. I can't have it tomorrow. It will have to come next week. Yeah, I, I, no, forget that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, and for the listeners, yeah, like a legit question for my part. I don't know if the men are going to agree or not, but I haven't even told them. But a legit question for my part, like if you've got if you've got time to spare, 
I would love for you guys to drop either comments, emails, or whatever, or just reach out to us individually. It would be dope to know like, like what keeps you listening, like why, like why why you're mm-hmm. listening. Um, because of me, because <laughs> it's it's like we we have fun doing this, and we do believe that like there's a purpose and there's a reason for this. We're having conversations and stuff, but it would be dope to just kind of see like what if any parts of this resonate with you, like what keeps you coming back, what keeps you clicking on this to be like, yo, like I want to listen to the, to the furnace again. It could just be the pants, whatever, but yeah, like it would be dope to, to, to get that insight from you guys. That's true actually. Yeah. Um, Holler at us. You know, you can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash best with friends, no post your feed. Come on. Email us. TBSFurnaceHopper.com Instagram, TBS, no. Twitter at the Furnace UK, Instagram, TBS Furnace, mm-hmm. Instagram. You can find us on all good podcasts, well, and apps. Back to first with no apostrophe. Shout out to Ruth for the intro and outro music. Have a fun for ordinary, amazing logo. And that is it. Come on. Um, I feel like there's an event coming up. Or has it passed already? Moses, the one that's me is performing that. Oh, it's on Sunday. Will this come out before Sunday? No. No, it comes out Sunday night. Oh, sorry, guys, you missed the event. And plus, I think there's only like, there were seven tickets the last time I checked, which was early this week. All right, well, you weren't going to get a ticket anyway, so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, anyway, this is the Blacksmith's Furnace signing out. Blah. Dukin. Ah. <sighs>